The Capital Weekly Podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Funding for the Capital Weekly Podcast is provided by the California Endowment and by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Greetings, everyone. This is John Howard. I'm editor of Capital Weekly. I am with Tim Foster, executive director of Open California, which, by the way, publishes Capital Weekly. And our special guest today, we dragged him in off the street, Scott Lay, a lawyer extraordinaire, member of our board, the Open California board, an expert on community college funding, but we'll try not to ask you about that. Um, But we did want to ask you to get your take on the state of the state speech. I'm asking because I should have talked about this last week, forgot all about it. And one of our thousands of listeners pointed that out. So I thought, okay, I'll make it up to him and talk about the state of the state today. So what do you think? Well, John, you know, it was a very interesting state of the state, a very Jerry Brown state of the state, only 20 minutes in length, uh-huh. uh, no new bold ideas. And he even actually stayed away from two of his pet projects, the high-speed rail uh, and the Delta Tunnels, two controversial infrastructure projects. Well, he did talk about transportation funding generally. Uh, the state has a $70-plus billion deficit in transportation funding for our highways and roads, but there's very little political agreement as to how to take care of that. Very so, little being a kind way to put that. That is correct. <laughs> you know, it, it's a hard one. Um, and, you know, I, I wrote about this today in, or, or Friday in my political newsletter Um, You know, it's difficult because highway funding traditionally has been funded by gas taxes and sales taxes, both of which are on the decline because gas taxes are going down because of increased car uh, fuel efficiency of cars. I I drive a Nissan Leaf, which I never have paid gas excise taxes. Wait, wait, I thought you had a pickup truck with the big tires and the diesel particulate matter. I've parked my Hummer for a while. Um, and then also with a decline in, um, in gas prices by 45%, sales taxes have gone down. Uh, and so the state's highways are in need of significant repair, but uh, there are a lot of people in the legislature that don't want to touch anything that seems to be like a tax increase. Well, do you think there's a chance... Um that there will be more infrastructure funding out there. I know we're talking about water project infrastructure, but also for transportation. Is there a chance that we can get some agreement on it? We're talking billions of dollars at a minimum. I think there will be. Um, unfortunately, I think it will likely be in the form of general obligation bond funds, meaning we're kicking the can down the road. And so future generations will pay off the debt service out of the general fund for it. It means less money for education and health and human services programs, uh, although it would tackle um, the uh, transportation situation earlier. Although you cannot bond your way out of a $70 billion deficit. And that assumes that Cortoposse's initiative doesn't pass, which would mean that anything that's going to go to a bond over $2 billion, I think, is going to have to get approved by the voters. Now, maybe all those would get approved by the voters, but it changes that whole dynamic. Right, but that's only for revenue bonds. And to my knowledge, we've never done revenue bonds for transportation. Do revenue bonds have have the same call on the general fund? They don't as GO bonds, right? Um, No, they they do, actually. They do? Yeah, they're funded in the, the debt services paid off in the state budget 
technically under some sort of revenue source. So if you do revenue bonds for UC and CSU higher education facilities, uh, it's the fee revenue that we're receiving. But you really can't do revenue bonds for uh, transportation unless you did something like the pay-per-mile uh, gas tax, which is talked about, which you could segregate into additional fund and then assume that that's paying off using the revenue from that to pay off the bonds. Um, water is easier because everybody pays water rates. So you simply add on a surcharge to the water rates, and that's the revenue source for lease revenue bonds. That'll be very popular, I can see, with the water with the water users who already have the rates going up because they've actually conserved, but there are lots of outstanding costs out there that the district has since they've invented, or excuse me, they've invested in um, capital projects, and they've mm -hmm. got to pay those off. Well, and wait until... Um, Southern California Gas Company starts to amortize the cost of relocating 3,500 families out of Porter Ranch because of the gas well link, uh, leak. Um, you know, there's no, you know, everybody says, oh, well, they have to relocate everybody. But at the end of the day, that comes down to either hitting the investors in Sempra Energy, which owns SoCal Gas, or asking regulators for rate increases. And that's a big amount of money to buy hotel rooms. As I uh, noted on Friday uh, in the Nooner, houses for rent in that area, Porter Ranch, Northridge, Simi Valley, have gone up to $15,000 a night. Wow. wow. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, big San Francisco seemed like, you know, <laughs> you know, the downtrodden. Uh, but, you know, that's the Where situation. Do you or right. Porter Ranch. I, yeah. Can I just have tickets to Hawaii, please? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, that's unreal. Well, I told you um, I wasn't going to ask you about school funding or community college funding, but next week coming up, uh, the only two things I found of any interest at all, one of them is an informational hearing on community colleges, and the other one is a uh, constitutional amendment that Senator Jim Bell is carrying on, it basically would tweak a piece of Prop 13 and and give a tax break for the elderly and the disabled elderly, anybody over 55. That's still young for me, but um, for them, when they when they buy another house, there are breaks now. If you buy a house that's of equal or lesser value, this would apply to homes of even greater value. And the idea is to give a tax break and get rid of some of the inequality of Prop 13, where people living in the same neighborhood in roughly the same value house were paying vastly different tax bills based on when they moved in. That was one of the inequalities. I don't know if you've seen any of that, but um, if you have any fiscal thoughts, uh, go for it. Well, I mean, Proposition 13 is, is certainly going to be another hot issue this year. Um, Senate Republican uh, Patricia Bates has introduced a bill for um, how you reassess uh, commercial properties that change hands over a few years. Right now, the state only looks at, state and local governments only look at one year. So if three different limited liability companies buy it over a few years, that is not a reassessable occasion. And so she's now proposing to make it, you know, over three years, which is something that liberals had actually agreed on. Wasn't this big Lenny Goldberg? This was the Lenny Goldberg uh, bill. And then what happened was the more activist folks in Lenny's uh, coalition said, we want a split role 
property tax, which takes commercial and industrial property completely out of Proposition 13. So, you know, that, that's an interesting situation. Then you have the California School Boards Association calling for a nearly $50 billion increase we just saw that. Just in Proposition 98, which is... Um, One of our vast editorial staff members is covering that starting Monday. We were just talking about it. it it's, it's an interesting situation. Um, not very likely to happen anytime soon. Yeah. The legislature is not poised to do large tax increases anytime soon. Um, tweaks... Uh, the Patricia Bates bill, possibly, although, interestingly, labor unions had been proponents of the previous deal, opposed it this week, because they really want that split-roll property tax. So, you know, it's, it's hard to say what's going to happen. It's hard in, in a year in which the state is, you know, flush with funds. Yeah. Um, you know, how do you get tax reform? When the state has enough money to spend, you know, one point five billion dollars on uh, state building infrastructure, as the governor has proposed, all of that for almost all of that for the board of equalization headquarters. I heard. No, it's actually not. <laughs> oh, darn. That was that was omitted. <laughs> That's the oddest wow. thing is everybody knows that the state board of equalization headquarters is like the worst state office building, and he was like, "No, nope, you guys didn't deal with it before." I'm not going to deal with it. But Maybe he's just planning on selling that one. You know, just moving them would be a smart thing to do. But um, as someone that spends time in the Capitol, uh, new bathrooms on the annex side would be actually quite nice. Best bathrooms in Sacramento are in the library and courts building. Marble, very deep urinals. This is, you know, tourists should go there. Yeah, exactly. I, I, there, of course. I mean, the, the, you know, if, if any of you uh, that are listening are in the Capitol at some time, yeah, both of you, go, go to the sixth floor bathrooms near the cafeteria and you'll be amazed that this is the Golden State. <laughs> Some Moroccan-style pit toilet. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the kids out there joke that it's the step-on-the-handle uh restroom because you never want to put your hands on that handle (laughs) (laughs) following in the path of history you know what i want to know is are they going to ever open another restaurant in the basement i mean i keep hearing rumors and nothing ever happens paul summerhausen can you call in please and let us know what's going on with that mr mr food in the capital yeah, you know, or Tam Ma from uh, Leno's office. She's also the big foodie. And, you know, Selens is getting ready to open up on Broadway. Maybe we can get them sure. to open up a Selens Cafe uh, in the basement. Um, you know, capital food has never been something very special, but it's something very necessary during those long days. And I've had many of those long days in the capital. It's yeah. a nice networking place, too. I mean, both the sixth floor and the annex and the basement place were both nice and people hung out. Yeah, the sixth floor is where the insiders go. The basement's where the tourists go. So <laughs> now just the tourists can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, restrooms and food, on that happy note, uh, Tim, did you have anything you wanted to add? You know, I want to ask you, you worked on a story that got a lot of attention last week. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, you know, the California Coastal Commission, there's some drama going on over there, and I thought maybe you could talk yeah. about that. Maybe you could tell us who leaked you that story. Absolutely. I'd be happy to tell you after the show is over. Oh. But... Um, Thank you very much for mentioning that. I can segue into a shameless plug now. <laughs> but 
but the story in the Coastal Commission was interesting for me personally because I like covering Coastal Commission politics. This, sto- this story basically is similar to several that have gone before that the executive director, no matter who that is, seems to be in trouble at one point or another in the long uh, uh, battle-weary history of the Coastal Commission. This time it's Charles Lester, and there's some people on the commission who would like to dump him. Takes 12 votes, 12, uh, excuse me, takes uh, at least seven of 12 voting members. If only 11 showed up, it might take six, but they have to have a majority of those present voting. And that will come February uh, 10th at the meeting, I believe, in Morro Bay. So we're sort of watching that. It's the same day that we've got our Politics on Tap show. I won't be able to be there myself, but a number of people said, don't worry about it, just stream the video and take a look. And so we're, we're watching that. We'll be following it's interesting because a, a friend of mine uh, was recalling that her first year in California politics was 1994, and I was talking about, wow, that was like a great year. It was the year where Willie Brown outsmarted Kurt Pringle, and we yeah. got Doris Allen, and then Brian Settensich, and then eventually Kurt Pringle. And uh, it reminded me of the Coastal Commission politics now, as well as the politics at the California State Bar, which had been very ugly uh, over the last year, where former state senator Joe Dunn, oh, yeah. who was the former uh, CEO of the California Medical Association, was ousted. And uh, that that board is very divided. And lawyers fighting lawyers, you know, I just have to kind of smile and chuckle. The ultimate shark tank. That's right. <laughs> Well, that's great. We will. Uh, we we should wrap it up so that everyone can get John. You're you pointing know, at me. One thing I wanted to add uh, when I introduced Scott, I failed to mention this is the founder of the Roundup. Uh, co-founder. Co-founder. One of the founders. Actually, there are two. You and Anthony York. So, people who like the Roundup or don't like the Roundup or have any thoughts about the Roundup, this is the guy. Send your cards and letters to Scott Lay, and also <laughs> is the editor and publisher and uh, I think sole staff member for the Nooner. Um, the political column in California, which has the best name of any political column in California. You can give us details of that or not. Maybe that's for a different time. But see, not a sound. So. I, I would just say don't go to thenooner.com. That will take you to a uh, an adult website. So you can Google the Nooner and Scott Lay, L-A-Y, and you'll get there. You know, I hadn't really made that connection between your name and the original... I'll just say Lay and Nooner. Exactly. Probably has a whole different meaning. I'll tell you a story um, after the show. (laughs) Sorry. We'll post that in our secret. That'll be our Easter egg where you'll find that somewhere else. Great. Well, Scott, thank you very much. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Uh, At our lavish studios overlooking 8th Street. Tim, did you have anything you wanted to add? You know, thanks for listening. This is our second podcast. We'll be doing this once a week, posting them generally on Mondays, unless Monday is a holiday. And then who knows when we'll and we'll post them. But yeah, thanks for listening. And if you have any questions or any comments, please feel free to, to drop us a line. Thanks. Thank you.